Welcome to Dripping in Divinity, a transmission from our hearts to yours. My name is Zoe Dane. I am a certified hypnotherapist and divine feminine embodiment guide. And I am Karina Paz, and I am a channeled soul coach. Our intention is for you to tune into this frequency to know that you are not alone on your spiritual journey. May we serve as your spirit sisters as you ascend into your highest timeline. This portal has been created as a sacred space for you to explore, grow, and to feel cozy in our cosmic vibes. Welcome back. Hi, welcome. Today we will be speaking into wounded feminine energy and just, you know, bringing some awareness to the way that this energy manifests and you know, how to, um, how to really shift it Mm. through having that awareness. And yeah. Did you want to speak into it too? You know, I feel like you have such a wealth of knowledge with this information that I definitely want to speak into this, but when you just go off and really ramp up this energy, I feel like I can double Dutch and come in here. So please, (laughs) please take the stage. (laughs) I love that little metaphor. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, yeah, so speaking into wounded feminine energy, you know, if we look at, um, you know, everything is dual, so everything has the two sides, and we look at feminine energy, right? Every single being on this planet consists of yin and yang energy, masculine and feminine energy, Shakti and Shiva, right? Um, But then there's the imbalance of each energetic, and that's what we're going to look at today is within the feminine energy. you know, being more so in the wounded or, you know, the, yeah, the wounded feminine would be, you know, being manipulative with your femininity, Mm. with your sexuality, right? Because as women, our femininity is a superpower. Mm -hmm. It's a superpower that we're not taught how to wield with integrity and with consciousness and with um, awareness of what it entails to behold this, this level of power. Um, so the flip side of that is, you know, tapping into that well of power, in my case, at a really young age, not in a very uh, integrous way, right? There's a lot of manipulating, a lot of courting with my energy, a lot of manipulating even just with my emotions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And pass- I, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Passive mm-hmm. aggression, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, feeling like other people and my family members should read my mind, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And how dare you for not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and and this is where I like to bring archetypes in because uh, one of the archetypes I teach on in my course, Rose Gold Alchemy, is the sacred bitch. Mm-hmm. And that is the empowered energetic of the bitch wound, right? And the bitch wound manifests in us as this wounded feminine energy where there's the passive aggression like we just spoke about or blatant aggression, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the times it's coming from a space where we don't know how to self-regulate and we don't know how to properly co-regulate. So mm. there's a deep um, insecurity mm. there. That's very interesting. Speak into that uh, in terms of like self-regulate the so- energy itself of like bitchy energy of just feeling not knowing how to regulate our emotions. Right. Well, I've believe that fundamentally we are all love Mm. and I know you agree yes um and and 
So if we are all love and that's the baseline of who we are at our core, then everything else, and Marianne Williamson says this, everything else is just a cry for love. Mm. Anything that is not love is a cry for love. And that usually manifests as fear, which manifests as us acting out from these wounded spaces Mm. um, that are usually imprinted from our childhood. Mm -hmm. So the wounded feminine is usually a byproduct of childhood upbringing. Um, You know, maybe dad wasn't present or there and didn't know how to, um, like, didn't see you, right? Mm -hmm. And so then you spend a lot of time trying to be seen by the masculine because the feminine, when she is witnessed, is able to come into form. Mm-hmm. she's able to like really blossom into her her totality um and so if you know your primary caregiver that was the masculine couldn't witness you and couldn't see you for whatever reason it was you know he's got his own childhood trauma and wounding that he's probably not aware of mm-hmm. um then it starts to recycle into adulthood and so we carry these patterns we also carry the wounding of our matrilineal line mm-hmm so our mother, our mother's mother, you know, and so lo- just even looking at their wounding, we can start to see like where we inherited some of it and then where we get to be the transitional characters who break that pattern like we were speaking into earlier on our walk. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing here. That's why we're speaking into this. Um, but the wounded feminine energy and how that relates to the bitch archetype is, you know, like there's the passive aggression, the blatant aggression, um, manipulation with energy with uh, emotions and also with sexuality Mm. and um, knowing knowing ways to use your sexuality and your femininity in a way that that isn't fully pure or from heart Mm -hmm. right to get what you want and and uh, speaking into that I was going to say I think a lot of women who use this energy are misguided to think that this is actually powerful to operate from that energy in terms of manipulation through sexuality or emotions. Because there's kind of like a fire that burns in us when it happens that makes us feel powerful in that moment. Well, it is power. Mm. But it's misguided power. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when when we're experiencing that as young women, especially if we didn't get a certain level of attention or affection from our primary caregivers... We don't realize we're outsourcing that. So if at a young age, and I can speak into my personal experience Mm -hmm. with this, but if at a young age we tap into that, because I believe that our sexuality is our biggest superpower and our biggest um, access point to our, our, our divinity and to our deepest power, Right. Our femininity and our sexuality when harnessed together Mm -hmm. and like in a way that is from the heart and that is integrity um, is is our power. Mm. like period mm-hmm. um and so you know when we tap into that especially at a young age and we're not shown and we don't have proper role models or guides on how to utilize this energy or what to even do with it right mm-hmm. it, it can be really seductive to know that you're that desired when you turn on that particular frequency you uh, because it is the most powerful and creative force in the entire universe right all, all of creation comes from that life force. And I'm very happy that you get to speak into another reason why I love working with you because we have such polar upbringings, such polar ways of what of how we've wielded our own feminine energy. And for me, my sexual energy was repressed for so long because I went to Catholic school and that was just taught within me to suppress that so hard. So I 
never knew how to use that energy, which I will admit to this day, I think why I have such trouble really tapping into that and operating from that because I've spent so many years suppressing that. And it's interesting. So sometimes when I see women use that energy, it's really confusing to me how you get there or how a woman even does that. And I'll admit it could be a judgmental place that I come from to see that because I did not know how to use that. So even that within myself feels like a feminine wounding of me being judgmental or maybe a little bit jealous that I didn't learn how to harvest that energy or harness that energy and use it for my own empowerment. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to hear your relation to that and how you use that. And quite honestly, how you've made it your life's work transmuting that into such a healthy form, which is why I thought it was so important to speak to you about this because you're so good at being vulnerable and open about what this journey partake, like what it took for you to get here. Mm. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Well, um, and I, I, you know, I always want us to be open and honest, but I don't want you to feel like you don't want yeah, to no. share anything you don't want no, to. No, I'll go to whatever edge feels appropriate for mm. the moment, you okay. know. Um, but yeah, let's see. I really started tapping into this energy. You know, I mean, my parents were pretty rock and roll growing up, so mm. it wasn't super taboo. Sex wasn't super taboo for me. Um, it was like a very prevalent energy that I could just feel in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's see. I mean, I've, I was always really curious about sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, I started watching porn when I was maybe seven Wow. and self-pleasuring when I was like, yeah, six or seven. Wow. And I was addicted to it. Wow. And I, I felt so shameful for it. Mm. I would call it my bad habit. Mm. And then once I started, I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I remember asking my parents one day, I was like, is this how sex is going to feel one day? <laughs> They're like, no. Oh, they knew you were doing it. Yeah. Wow. I couldn't hide it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was really compulsive. But what a testament to show that this is really what you've been here to teach. Yeah. I mean, my At Barbies, young when age. I was <laughs> as young as I can remember my Barbies, I was having them, you know. <laughs> like, wow. But yeah. So... Uh, it was always very, I was very tuned into it. I mean, I mean, I was always attracted to the opposite sex too. When I was five, mm. like my godmother's boyfriend would come over and somehow I had a crush on him. He's like a 35 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> I would walk around on my tiptoes and think he thought I was older. <laughs> so I was always really tapped into the eros to mm. the arrows mm. you know i don't know why i just rolled my arm with that but <laughs> it's all right you can get latina with it yeah no i know you were rubbing <laughs> off on me um but i was always really in touch with arrows mm. and that's what i'm realizing now and you know the, it's so beautiful to see how we come in with these blueprints and then we alchemize them right like your pain is your purpose we hear this yes the obstacle is the way right um your trauma gets to be your triumph so when i was um 13 or 12 going on 13 you know I had a lot of older girls at school that would bully me Mm. and they were just so you know they were they were just bitches I'm gonna be straight up like they were not cool and um 
and you know for a long time they would be like you're you're flat chested you've got no butt and they would call me a skateboard and they would kick my chair and uh you know I just came into school there was a lot of notoriety already and Uh, through a sequence of events and then I started just getting boobs Mm. and like this womanly figure when I was 13 and so then all these girls started calling me a whore Mm. and a slut so it was like I was like you know what I can't win I'm just gonna do me Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and whatever however that's received it's gonna be received and as time went on um, you know I started like boys really started noticing me and I really loved just the intention yeah and i was like i think all all women do right well just because the feminine wants to be seen desired yeah 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 yeah. and seen and you know i I was so young and it was a lot of power i was coming Mm. into like with my form with my you know just who i was and i started gaining a lot of um notoriety Mm. around like the valley the San Fernando Valley that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I did actually start to really play with this energy. And, and I, you know, I was very promiscuous and, um, you know, I, I slept with a lot of people and I just, sex was like a game to me, Mm. but it was also a way that I felt loved and desired by the masculine. A game in a sense of what? I knew, I knew I had, power in it I knew I had a sense of um yeah almost power over Mm. or like it was so fun to like seduce and play with this energy and you know I would get I would get ready just to go out and like find a guy Mm. right that's like all I cared about and Mm -hmm. I think a lot of girls can relate to this right like you get ready and it's all about the external right so um okay this is all gonna loop around but You know, I I was really promiscuous and I had a huge reputation of being a slut, Mm -hmm. like a huge reputation of being a slut. Um, My name was just kind of in a lot of different people's mouths. And there were a lot of rumors about me that weren't true that I would hear at school. All I would come back to school from like a weekend and I would hear the craziest rumors about me from people I didn't even know. And um, and now I think like we're tapping into two aspects of the wounded feminine, like you using your sexuality for the power and yet when you come back, then you hear women speaking into your energy with such jealousy and envy. And now you're combating both of these wounded feminine energies. Yeah. Well, when I, so by the time I got to high school um, and I transferred over to the high school that I wound up actually staying at, when I was going to high school, these girls were not cool with me coming to the high school. And a lot of the guys there were excited about me coming to the high school. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember I came and my mom was like signing me up and I'm walking up the stairs and this girl that was like three grades above me was, you know, she's a, she's way bigger than me. Like she was like a way, way more grown than I was. And, uh, and I was walking up the stairs and she's just like, you can't come here, bitch. And I'm just like, oh my God, I haven't even started yet. And this is the energy I'm walking into. And, um, there was another girl who used to like scream at me from across the campus and I didn't even, I was like, what is she saying? Mm. And then she wound up actually becoming one of my best friends, which was interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was fun, but you know, um, 
yeah, that energy just is something I've always been extremely tapped into. And one story I'll never forget is like I started, you know, really climbing the ladder with it. I was like, how big can I go with this energy? What can I manifest? Who can I manifest? Like it just became this game to me. It was like I was like this huntress Mm. just with my energetics. And I was just like, what can I manifest here? You know, and I started coming into the law of attraction, but like really attracting things from my ego. Mm. And there was one event when I was 16 where I really had cultivated a lot of this kind of mastery over my energy in in a not very ethical way. Um, But it was fun to me. (laughs) And I was working this event and it was a Sons of Anarchy event. Mm -hmm. And and I had such a big crush on the crew of Sons of Anarchy because I was obsessed with the show. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that I manifested a job where I was I was serving hors d'oeuvres. Mm. And it was all Sons of Anarchy themed with the actual Sons of Anarchy cast in, in their like motorcycle jackets and shit with the motorcycles out front. I was like, I literally just manifested my dream mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And that was happening really frequently at that point in my life. And... So I really played with it. And at one point, I just, you know, I was very attracted to these men and I just turned on that energy. Mm. And you could feel like you could feel it from across the room. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom was working this event, too. Or she like came to the event because it was at my godfather's restaurant. She walked up to me. She's like, Zoe, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) She's like the level of promiscuous energy that you were exuding right now is like baffling me. And I was like, and it was just this energy that I felt so powerful in because somehow I was able to really tap into it and people could feel it. And there was like a magnetism to it. Now where I am now is going through my whole spiritual awakening and spiritual journey. I have really done the rigorous honesty piece of like looking at where I was manipulative with that energy even now like looking at where I'm maybe leaking with that energy or like where I'm not upholding it with the most integrity um because you know no one taught me how to be responsible with that energy so I feel like part of my due diligence now that I've gone through that like my spiritual awakening with my sexuality is to teach other women how to utilize it from a responsible place Mm, yes and the way we do that is by first really cultivating that energy and that orgasmic energy and that frequency with ourselves and God and the divine yes, as a portal to the divine. Mm. Because what I didn't realize is that I was actually always just searching for God, Mm. for for the divine, for oneness, right? And Mm -hmm. when we come together in sex, the sacredness of sexuality is, and we were talking about this a minute ago, is if we exist in non-duality, right, and then we come into this world of duality as masculine and feminine, we are desiring so deeply to experience oneness again. And we experience that transcendental oneness through, like so deeply, through sex. It's like a way to like, touch. it's a way to touch the divine again. Mm, But when you can harness that within yourself and you have these beautiful sacred practices and ways that you honor yourself and you really are sovereign in your sexuality it's for you Mm. first and foremost then anything beyond that is just the cherry on top extension because you've really cultivated this relationship with it Mm. 
with yourself first. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm getting all these aha moments of why you are such a mastery in this energy because you were brought up with not a lot of shame around your self-pleasure practice, right? Where you realized from a very young age that this was the portal to the divine and this was the portal to creation and, and manifesting. And it was just about growing up and navigating how to wield this energy and how to be ethical about it, as you said, and learning how to actually harness this power for good, for the all, for the collective. And it's I can see that it's been years of you transmuting this energy and mastering. And it makes a lot of sense that for someone like me, and I'm sure there's a lot of women like me, who didn't even masturbate. I had sex before I masturbated. You know, I was told that it was just such a shameful practice. And literally, you're told in the church, you're going to go blind if you're if you do it too much. And there's all wow. this shameful and fearful energy around it. And I was such a good girl. I was such a Catholic school good girl that I held on to those principles for so long. And in thinking of like, okay, I was only 25 I'm 36 now no wonder it's still such a not so much like a hard thing but it's still something I'm getting used to to allowing myself to be in this self-pleasuring practice and remember that it's about self-love within that and remembering that it is actually a very good thing to be powerful in our sexuality mm-hmm well, yeah, I, I truly believe that's where our power comes from. And maybe in all, all honesty with my wounded feminine growing up is this jealousy factor that I had growing up. Jealous of just how I felt like other women were just so much more beautiful than I was and, and how they could use that energy to get what they want. And I never grew up with attention from guys at all. I was just such a tomboy and I didn't feel good about myself. And I was just so jealous that it felt like other girls had it so much easier than me. Mm -hmm. But the thing I was good at was my words and almost like an emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from a deep wound of victimhood and, and learning how to get what I want by being a victim. And when you were saying earlier that everything is just a response to like the fear, right? We're just the fear of, of not being one. And why we play these games with each other is because we're just fearful of not being loved yeah. and being abandoned mm -hmm. and thinking that there's like this lack mentality that there's only so much to go around. And if I don't get a piece of it and I don't fight my way to get what I desire, then it's not going to come to me instead of realizing that it's all within myself. It's a practice within yourself first and foremost. Yeah. And then I think women get in this repetitive cycles of thinking that we need to compete with each other for that love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, a lot of women come from a space of feeling like, just like you said, like there are limited resources, mm -hmm. limited men, limited amount of money, limited... Really, all of those things are so abundant. It's not even funny. Mm -hmm. We just live inside of kind of this like bubble, right? Of mm -hmm. like what is right here, right now. Um, I think a, that's another big piece of the wounded feminine is this competition with other women. Mm -hmm. When at the core, I believe fundamentally, we desire so deeply to connect with other women. We're just mm -hmm. so scared they might reject us. Mm. We yes. want to be friends with women, right? Mm -hmm. um, because you take the sexual aspect out of it. 
for for the majority of us when we're using that sexual power to get men but how do you just become yourself to get a woman oh i do it all the time <laughs> no i know <laughs> i know well, you're fantastic at it well because i've i've come to the place where i'm like okay if i see a dope woman I'm going to honor the fact that she's a dope woman and I'll probably ask her to hang out with me mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Like uh, when I was up in Marin County, I was at an ecstatic dance and it was like this beautiful girl and she had this mermaid hair and we were dancing together and dance. But I was like, hey, do you want to like come on a little date with me to the tea shop tonight? She was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she told her husband, I've got a hot date at the tea shop tonight. <laughs> oh, and she did. Yeah, it was super cute. You know, it's just I think it's having the courage to um but i'm also hearing confidence in yourself right because you have so much confidence within yourself that there wasn't a need to compete with this other woman you just wanted to play within the feminine Mm -hmm. energy with her Mm -hmm. well to speak into the to the competition or to whenever that does come up because i still have moments where you know i'll find myself comparing or these stories come up and the most empowering piece is like really taking that and looking at why I'm jealous. Mm. What specifically am I jealous of? What do I feel like she's going to, cause this, I think it comes back to feeling like there's a threat. Mm. It comes back to feeling like our safety's threatened. And usually it's around the masculine. Mm. This woman's going to take my man. Mm. Mm-hmm. This is a very real thing, ladies, and we get oh, to honor. Absolutely. We get to honor this. Like, there's no bypassing this, right? Mm-hmm. We know that women can be shady. I'm just going to speak into mm-hmm. this, okay? Because there's a psychological warfare that we were speaking into earlier that is very real amongst women. And when women are operating from the wounded feminine energy and playing into this psychological warfare, it is so destructive because it is not. It's a silent death. <sighs> yes. With your energetics. Mm. And I know every one of us has experienced this and every one of us has probably been on the on the on the giving end of this mm. as well in some ways, subtle or not so subtle. Right. So this is where that that inner work really comes in is where am I not being in integrity? What are my morals? And this is the biggest piece. Like, am I the type of friend like am I the type of friend, girlfriend, mother, do- whatever that I would want to have? Right. So true. Would I want to be best friends with me? Would I want to be uh, in a relationship with me? Right. And then really journaling on that. And if you wouldn't, why? And that's your work. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because if we're all reflections of each other, what you're doing to that person, you're doing to yourself. And somehow karma, the way that it works, what you give is what you get. And somehow it's going to come back. So, yeah, I really feel passionate about us exploring this more is like that um there's a piece that women really overlook with other women there's like a a girl code there's a girl code okay explain and and a big code of that has to do with the masculine Mm. right Mm -hmm. you honor her before you honor whatever you're feeling energetically with him if there's she's in a partnership with this man right how would you know and i see a lot of women um, who don't fully honor that, who don't really honor the the sacredness of, of two people being together. And that's why, and, and also men, right? It's, of course. Yeah. yeah, it comes back to all of it. But I can just speak into 
um, when I was operating more in a wounded feminine energy and I had a lot of women around me who were in a wounded feminine energy, there was this power struggle constantly. And, um, you know, one of these girls, when I was younger, I always had like core best friends and I just, they were my pack. They were like my wolf pack. And, and I would usually bring us all together and then we would go to all these things. And, um, so I had my core like wolf pack of girls and the other girl that I was speaking into earlier who would scream across the campus and she was, you know, she had this whole power struggle with me and we became good friends. At one point there was a turning point where, I was I did something I don't know what it was but it was enough for her to kind of spin things on me turn things Mm -hmm. on me and then sort of take over the pack Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and women are very much like wolves Mm. right like women who run with the Mm -hmm. wolves the book yep we're very much like wolves and we can be very territorial um, but then there can also be these like alpha power struggles that happen between some women and this was probably the the first most abrupt one I experienced where she like came in, she kind of took over, she spun things out, right? It was such a devastating heartbreak for me because I felt like I lost like four friends at once. And when we all mended things, and when I started mending things with, you know, some of the girls in the group, she specifically said to me, I wanted your power. Mm. I wanted what you had. Like she admitted it to me. And I remember... I felt so relieved that she actually spoke those words to me and admitted it to me because a lot of women do this dance and they don't fucking talk about it. Mm. And they're not real enough to just step up and own it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, what a gift that was that she actually admitted that because that's so powerful to take that out of the shadows. And you saying that makes me feel like when other women are trying to be territorial with other women too, like we're tapping into this masculine frame too it's like the competitiveness for resources and the territorialness instead of allowing our natural flow of just being in sync with each other's energy yeah. and and soaking up each other's essence and actually growing and learning and helping each other up with that yeah and i do want to speak into because I just spoke about being on the receiving end of it, but I was also on the giving end of it when I was in my wounded feminine. You know, I was mm-hmm. extremely territorial most of my life. And like when I was younger and even with my sisters, like I did not like it when people copied me or got the <laughs> same things as me. I was me. Uh-huh. I was Zoe. No one else was, you know, and I was so like territorial over my identity. And I, I, I'm sure that that stems from something, but there was still this like deep need to protect and be territorial over myself Mm -hmm. now I still have territorial tendencies I am very much like a wolf Mm -hmm. and I will I will be territorial sometimes over my pack (laughs) and I agree too I have that tendency too and I try to wield that Mm -hmm. for protection of the people I love yeah instead of just being jealous that someone's going to take something away from me that I don't have because I try to look at that frame and think look they're not going to take away anything from me that's not already for me exactly but see something as like I'm territorial and fiercely protecting because that's also now I'm thinking out loud like that's also such a strong nurturing feminine essence of being a strong mama bear right like nope these this is how I fiercely protect my pack my love my children my husband, whatever, my friends, like Mm -hmm. to use that for good, the -hmm. territorialness aspect of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We're indulging right now. Some Mm -hmm. chocolate. We're going to be real. (laughs) Karina, Karina's a, you hear my almond crunch? (laughs) 
This is this is me allowing her to play in this Taurus energy. Yeah, Karina's a Taurus. <laughs> and Zoe's a Taurus moon, so we're enjoying this energy very much. We're enjoying it a lot. We just had sushi in the grass and like went for a walk and like we're just admiring the sunshine on the orchid and now we're just like savoring dark chocolate and drinking tea and candlelight. <laughs> Um, just to invite you into our frequency exactly. here. Uh, and this is empowered feminine exactly. energy. Exactly. I was just going to say, and and what a beautiful day we've had that we've allowed each other to just be free in each other's feminine energy. And that's what gets me so revved up because I, because, well, obviously both of you and I have been doing the work for such a long time. And it's a continuous journey, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a destination. We're always doing it and we're always trying to elevate ourselves. So when we're with each other, it's a nice like, oh, this is the reward of of us being in our work and we get to share this energy with each other. And you and I are very similar that we want all the women around us Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be in this energy. And we get in this vibration that we kind of give a little and then they take a lot. And we forget that a lot of women haven't done the work yet and we can get a little burned sometime and 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 for me personally I speak like I give so much of myself and so freely of really wanting to help other people and I definitely really want to help other women but I'll be honest there's such a resistance for me because I was bullied so deeply growing up and a lot of the feminine wounds have affected me on the receiving end and I'm not perfect I've done it of course but I felt a lot of the receptive energy coming towards me and sometimes I feel like it's because they're misinterpreting my kindness for weakness and Mm. it's very easy for them to walk all over me and then maybe in a way they're trying to tap into what how your friend was saying like I wanted your power it might be the same thing on the other end like this power of being so kind and being Mm -hmm. solid and being very open and a, a clear I get a lot of people tell me like I really love how I feel in your energy I love it <laughs> thank you it, it's work that I've done to really like put my heart out like project the depth of how much I love outwards and it's like this toric field around me and I want people to just be in it too and it can be disheartening when I feel betrayed in that energy which is another feminine wounding of just like then then I feel like this Lilith of like I go in myself I'm like oh I'm betrayed and now I want revenge and Mm. then I feel very guilty for feeling that energy but it's it's a defense mechanism of me being so deeply hurt that now I want to push that hurt out and it's disheartening that I feel like how do I get to a place with women where this is not the frequency anymore yeah I mean it's about finding the right women because I love women I really oh, do oh god yes you do yeah even <laughs> like when I sat with Aya she just showed me my depth of love for the feminine and it was just so beautiful oh, yeah, I remember that and uh you know because I I experienced a lot of turbulence with the feminine like my stepmom yeah. <laughs> and uh, just a lot of women in my life, the older women at my, the older girls at my school, you know, uh, and I really learned to stick up for myself and to still be this pillar because I knew how crushing it was to be, um, unwelcomed by the feminine, Mm -hmm. by so many of these girls that I became that feminine lighthouse for other women. And that's also a big part of my mission is like, I know what it feels like 
to not feel included with the sisterhood or with the whatever, you know, or to feel intimidated by it. And so when I was in high school, I like found the right women and then they became my ride or dies. Mm. And we had such deep relationships. Kayla was my best friend, Bailey, uh, Gia, and these three girls were like my world. And, you know, I was so close with my girlfriends. Like we would share beds, we would share clothes. Like we would, you know, I would make out with my closest girlfriends. Like we were just like, we did everything, but you know, have that masculine feminine connection. So there was always that depth. Also, my mom, my sister and I slept in the same bed for a long time. Mm, interesting. And my mom did that so that we would feel close with the feminine because mm. she didn't feel super close with her mom in that way. Mm. So I'm very used to being in that like affectionate, loving, feminine energy. And, um, you know, it, it is about being specific and using discernment and, and really listening to your intuition if something feels off with a certain woman. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed is I love women and there's still some women that I meet and I'm just like, oh, okay, this feels like an old pattern coming up, right? Because what I've learned is there's these imprints that happen with certain relationships and certain um, uh, timelines. So with that girl that I was sharing the story about earlier, I could start to feel in my external reality when other girls carried the same energetic wounding that she mm-hmm. did just because I intimately got to know it so well. So it was almost, and then I would feel my intuition go, nope, stay away from this one. You know, always be love, but you don't need to get super close, right? And it just, I think your intuition just starts to guide you to the right sisterhoods. Um, And this is like even, you know, with launching these courses and these circles that I do, trusting that the right sisters who feel called into that circle are the ones who are going to be, I'm supportive to each other's evolution and like self because my biggest awakening, and I know I've shared about this before, was in sisterhood without realizing that that was going to happen. Like it was before I wasn't on Instagram, so I didn't see about I didn't see anything trending about the divine feminine or sacred sisterhood, any of this. It, It all came from my direct experience in life. And these women that I had a sleepover with, we all came together pretty auspiciously. And it was like another sister holding space for me, looking into my eyes, literally just staring into my soul that allowed me to break open in such a way that I came back into my body and I discovered embodiment. Mm. And that's why I now teach embodiment and sacred sisterhood and, you know, feminine energetics um, is because I had such a visceral experience with, with it and with the power of sisterhood. And the biggest thing with sisterhood for me, meeting this particular sisterhood, they've all been doing lots of work on themselves, right? But we stayed up all night in a sleepover, just holding space for each other, healing ancestral trauma, talking about our depths, like literally nothing was held back. And it was like, we all just were there with each other, seeing each other's depths, like just fully. And I remember feeling just so free, knowing I had this sisterhood and we all had our group chat and just knowing that I had this group of sisters that I trusted so deeply and we all just had this total unconditional love and acceptance for one another made me feel like I could soar in my day-to-day life Mm. because I knew I had this like rock solid sisterhood and even when my insecurities came up because it was a time a moment they were all a lot older than me and I felt like I was too young and you know like I wasn't being taken seriously and I was going to be left out and and they were so receptive to my insecurities and I was which is another good thing to talk about real quickly is just the insecurities we feel as women in our wounded feminine yes and it's just all circling back to what you were saying. It's just the the lack of love, right? The fear, 
-hmm. the fear that we're not enough and not worthy and when that's heightened within other women it's very easy to play off that for each other yeah look the the women that you feel um kind of a dissonance with or triggered by like they're either mirroring something that's active within you that you haven't looked at Mm -hmm. or they're mirroring something that wants to come online inside of you right Mm -hmm. but they're 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 serving some kind of purpose in your reality based on what they're bringing up right so um so I think that the insecurity thing like it really it can become empowering when you start to look at it like that right if you if you start to cultivate this because it all comes back to self-love obviously and you have a daily practice where you're inquiring about these things that are coming up in your reality um and also writing about the kind of sisterhood that you want and like the kind of feminine friendship that you want right and like also looking into the times that you felt betrayed because like sister heartbreak is super painful oh gosh yes yeah we we create such an emotional connection you know like you and I Mm -hmm. there's such a depth and such an emotional connection that we've been fostering and tending to like a garden for the past you know couple years Mm -hmm. so that kind of wounding and betrayal can be a lot to bounce back from yes and the best way for us to make sure that this relationship keeps nurturing for each other is we keep nurturing ourselves right and we're also radically honest with each Mm. other though Mm. Mm -hmm. like we don't shy away from the little whatever comes up you know we just we speak into it yeah and that's a byproduct of how deeply we are able to look and be intimate with ourselves yes Yes, because that's a scary thing. And and, uh, both you and I are very honest people and we like to speak from our heart center. And that's where I get tripped up with a lot of other women is they are not maybe ready to receive such honesty and they get defensive. And it, you know, you you just have to meet people where they're at. You do. You got to gauge. You get to gauge it. But it's it's such an it's such a treat when you really do this work and then you start to align with like your your soul sisters mm. who you can go to the depths with who you you know, like there's this um, there's just this feeling of safety where you can really share your heart. And that's also why we started this podcast so that we could let you into this energy field. Right. Because you're tapping in because, you know you're you're on the path you're doing the work you're going to align with your people or you already are aligned or aligning with your people you know but it is all a byproduct of of the inner work because I had to in order to get to where I am now and have the relationships that I have now I had to go through lots of death and rebirths Mm. same and say goodbye to lots of people Mm -hmm. which can be heartbreaking yeah but I've noticed that along my path I keep attracting the people that are elevating with me in this frequency too. And nothing is more rewarding than that feeling. Yeah. And the more you elevate in this frequency, the more you just, it's such an organic process where you just start to keep aligning with more people who are on a similar wavelength. The hard part is when you start to realize some people aren't Mm -hmm. anymore and there's a freaking energy texture to it. Mm. It's thick. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then that heartbreak breaks you open to the next level, knowing your people are just right on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And a part of that is also learning boundaries and learning how to stick up for yourself and learning how to lead 
and I lead into this with feeling like that's a lot of the masculine energy and I really want to tap into next week about the wounded masculine Okay, yes, and I would love to speak into solar plexus um, energy. Mm -hmm. No, next week. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because that's been coming up a lot lately. Like, Mm -hmm. I just felt called to channel a little reel on solar plexus energy, and then, um, yeah, and then tapping it. And then today I went and meditated with a pyrite egg. And I know pyrite because it's gorgeous and gold and shiny, and I know it's the stone of wealth and abundance, but Mm -hmm. I also looked up it's the stone of the solar plexus and of will and confidence and you know, which I, solar plexus is a masculine chakra anyway yes so, perfect and i feel that that is an important thing also for women to be tapping into mm-hmm. because that is our seat of empowerment and will and and um assertion and independence mm-hmm. in the world beautiful yeah. <laughs> and and quickly wrapping up with this episode and and saying that the wounded feminine energy doesn't just live in women It lives in men as well. And with the rise of the divine feminine, what our goal is here is to recalibrate the energies and make them healthy again. When it starts with yourself, that way you can, what you create inside becomes your reality outside. And that's why you start attracting healthier relationships and people and, and just better experiences on this planet. And I think we no, I think I know we deserve, all of us deserve that. So this is why we are so passionate about what we do because we really are in it. We're devoted to elevate the frequency of the planet. Yeah. And as microcosms to the macro, Mm -hmm. just like Karina said, it all starts within us. That was my biggest download when I was coming into like, you know, that piece with the sisterhood is one sister was meditating and she was feeling me and she got the sign to write on a piece of paper you heal the world by healing yourself. Mm. And I had never heard that before, mm. but it came to me in just the moment I ne- I was able to receive it and actually feel it as a visceral truth. Yeah. Like we are oh, mirroring so the planet. Yeah. Yes. Mama earth. Right. Yeah. So the, the ultimate best, feminine energy. Yeah. The divine mother, the mm-hmm. best thing that we can do is love ourselves. Mm. But not just some pseudo self-love, like exactly. deep fucking real self-love. Yes. And a perfect way to learn about that is Rose Gold Alchemy 2.0 <laughs> coming May 13th. So do yourself a favor, ladies, and deep dive with Zoe because she is just freaking amazing with feminine energy and these archetypes. And again, what we're doing here is trying to educate and teach and teach ourselves and and live the path that we talk about so if you feel this resonates please go join i paid her to say that (laughs) (laughs) i paid her in chocolate (laughs) that's all it takes no it takes more but right for zoe anything oh okay yeah yeah, i think this was wonderful and we'll definitely speak into this more in different ways but um next week we'll talk We've got to balance things out and talk about the wounded masculine and um, go from there. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Thank you. Sending so much love. Mwah. Mwah.